hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pure Nintendo podcast. My name is Gemma, and this week I have just the one Pure Nintendo friend to join me. So we, I guess we're the dynamic duo this week. <laughs> I have Kirk. <laughs> Hi, Kirk. Trevor, he already lost his, uh, he lost his title. <laughs> I know, last but, week know- I... Yeah, we did say you were going to fight it out, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we know yes, who you're the won. Winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Trav. But yes, welcome, welcome, Kirk, and thank you for joining me this week. We have a nice little collection of games to talk about, a few interesting announcements, things we're playing. But let's start off with what we do every week at the moment, which is a bit of a Tears of the Kingdom update. Um, would you like to go first, Kirk? I'm, I'm hoping you've done something exciting. I've had a bit of a short week with, with the game, but maybe you finished it or maybe you've found the Master Sword. You, you said you knew where it was, but you hadn't retrieved it. Am I right in saying that? that that's right. And um, unfortunately, I have not retrieved it. I, I didn't play nearly as much over the past week as I had been the previous weeks, mm-hmm. um, mainly because of some review games that are coming mm-hmm. in that I wanted to get through. Um <laughs> when the embargo lifts. So yeah, I, I, I kind of broke away from it um, mm-hmm. and, and didn't really do much at all, except watch Sam play his game. <laughs> he did some great. very interesting things. He spent a lot of time down in the abyss. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm still avoiding the abyss. I'm just, yeah, but I did. You'll be, you'll be pleased to know I am making my way. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't made it yet, but I am making my way to the first temple. Well, not the first one. They're not really in order, but to my first temple, so I decided to actually uh, check out one of the regional phenomenon, phenomena, whatever the word is. And, of course, in true sort of link style, as we said last week with ADHD, things just keep happening on the way to <laughs> to this location. You know, I'm running – and so I've gone to the, uh, the, the sort of wintry region of the map, which is the top sort of left, northwest, I think, and near the yeah. – near Rideau Village – and on the way, there's a little house with some monsters outside it. I'm like, oh, what's going on over there? So I go and check it out. And, of course, the people inside are, are trapped because there's monsters outside. So I have to take care of them. Um, <laughs> there's just things on the, on the way. And then I've, I found the stable. It's not a stable. It's it's actually the, the headquarters of the news. Uh, what do you call the news over there? Uh, oh, do you mean in the United States? Uh, the news? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I meant in Hyrule. There's the there's oh. the little uh, outlet for the news. Um, yeah, I, I can't newspaper, remember what I it's called. That that yeah. was one of the first things I did actually. Um, so it, it was so long ago. I've been traveling around <laughs> to the uh, stables to to get the stories. Um, you know, the yeah. scoop on what's going on with Zelda. Well, but I can't I wish... remember the name of the publication. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, qualifications for automatic dismissal but that's okay i, I okay. love it though because you talk to the editor or whomever the is in charge there and she she recognizes you straight away but uh the sort of bird guy that you're talking to before that who seems like a hotshot journalist he doesn't have a clue who you are and so you're kind of working undercover with him um not revealing your identity but traveling from stable to stable to to get these yeah scoops on zelda like you said yeah. <laughs> what i find <laughs> annoying from my perspective is that i've just found this news post outlet and I've already been to all the stables. So <laughs> now I have to go back, I suppose, yeah. to them. Thankfully there is a shrine next to each one. So it's easy to travel, but it's like, oh, so I haven't done that. I'm just like, well, oh, I'm going to keep on my path to, to Rito village, to this regional phenomena. Um, I'll get my snowsuit or whatever the, the article of clothing is that you get in the village that I think gives you a bit more protection against the cold weather. 
And then I'll attack my first dungeon. So that's my plan for the week, I suppose. I was trying to do that yesterday. I was like, maybe I can get to the dungeon, at least arrive at the temple before uh, the podcast. But no, it's like I said, it's <laughs> it's just so much to do in the meantime. Anyway, it's been a fun week as always. Um, but yeah, plenty more to go. <laughs> so, uh, well, just out of interest, what's Sam's, what, where is Sam? Has he defeated dungeons, bosses? What's he doing? He's, oh yeah, he's stalling at this point, I right. think, before completing the game. Uh-huh. Um, you okay. know, he, he's got everything he needs to go forward and he kind of hit that plateau sort of like I do where, mm-hmm. especially in a game like this, and it's the same thing that happened with, with Breath of the Wild, you get everything you need to finish, but you don't want it to end yet. Mm-hmm. So you just yeah. <laughs> kind of have to put everything on hold and then just go around. Like with me, it was how many quests can I finish? I'm going to go around and... Um, help out as many people as I can before I mm-hmm. finish. Um, because once you, you do get that final victory, even though you could still go back and do all that, I really don't have the incentive anymore. Yeah, um, if I do it before I get that final victory, then I feel like I'm, I'm still doing it the right way. So it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I get that. Definitely. Yeah. I have to say, I keep uh, finding our friend Addison um, from, you know, Professor, sorry, not Professor, President Hudson's helper. And I, every time I see him and help him, I'm like, is this the time I'm going to meet President Hudson? Because you said you meet him. But maybe it's not with one of these little puzzles. Maybe it's separate. But I still haven't met the president. So. Yeah, he's he's at a specific location. Oh, okay. Um, well, so I haven't yeah, found you're, him you're yet. not going to meet him out with Addison. <laughs> Fair enough. Every time I see him, I'm like, is, this, is Professor Hudson going to jump out and say thanks? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Doesn't. That's okay. I've done a bunch. I don't know. I wish there was a counter because I just I'd like to know how many I've done. But I've done quite a few. Anyway, that's all good. Yep. So I would, I would like to see President Hudson reward Addison the same way that uh, going back to the news, <laughs> the, the woman who's running the news. Um, each, each time you go to the stable and you get like a little bit of the story on Zelda, you get paid. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, she gives you a bonus. Like, cool. what a great world they live in here where <laughs> writers are actually getting paid and yeah. getting bonuses for their job. Wow. Um, what's that feel like? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Addison, I, as far as I know, didn't get anything. No, just the satisfaction of doing a good job, which he's not even really. Yeah, he's not doing a good job. So <laughs> He's relying on Link. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I did meet the, the editor-in-chief, whatever she's called, uh, at the news outlet, she showed me some, I think it's like the frog froggy suit or something it's like a, a it's an armor that lets you climb without slipping on wet surfaces yeah and i'm like i really want that uh but she wouldn't give i thought she was going to give it to me straight away you know upfront payment but no <laughs> i have to go and get the scoop first and then i'll get the seat so that is a good incentive though i really do want that because slipping there was actually this happened during the week as well i was, I was somewhere in the north uh east i think oh around that labyrinth i don't know if you've seen those labyrinths there's little yes. islands. Yeah. Yep. So that's one thing I did during the week. I did find one of those labyrinths and I was climbing a mountain. I was very close to the top, like within two meters, maybe right in real world meters. Oh, so you do feet, maybe two feet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it started to rain and I was slipping and I couldn't get up. I'm like, I'm so close. So I just waited for the rain to stop. <laughs> just sat there and waited. And it took maybe a few minutes and then it stopped. And then I kept on my merry way. So <laughs> it was funny. So that would be a good moment where I could use a suit that doesn't slip. The other yeah. thing, the interesting thing that happened during the week, I think last week I mentioned I fought some some of the Yiga clan 
at the tech tower. In this, this is the same area as where I was slipping near the labyrinth kind of thing. And I went back to the tech tower again because this sky, this dragon was flying overhead, and I thought maybe I can reach him if I glide off this tower. I couldn't, but I went back to the tower, and the Yuga clan was back, and I had to fight them again, which I thought was a bit unfair. I've already beaten them. Why are you back? <laughs> so, yeah, was was there like one of the blood moons or something that brought them back? No, I don't think so. And it was the same too. The big, the big kind of guy, and then the sort of more jester-looking, slender person that is with him yeah and i did them again so i guess i got more rewards but the tailor wasn't inside he'd already given me his gift so not sure what was happening there and then i keep bumping into them on the road in the same area this is the one i was exploring last week where i was getting very distracted and i uh, just i just wanted to help addison at one point he was there as well and then this year clan person started attacking me and then these two monsters started attacking me and i'm like what <laughs> poor addison <laughs> yeah it's it was chaotic it's a, it was a very chaotic area uh so yeah that did keep me a little bit busy actually and then one other thing i'll say that i found during the week which is something justin mentioned a few weeks ago was the gliok those three-headed dragons yes I saw one that was within range because normally I've found them. They're either up a very tall mountain or they're flying in the air. I can't even think about attacking them. Also, I'm scared of them. But this one was kind of, I had the high ground. So <laughs> I thought, well, I'll save it and give it a go. So <laughs> I did a quick save and glided down to him or her, I don't know, to, to it. And it started attacking. I think I got in one good shot and then it just one it just one-shotted me i think it was a thunder gliok so it just threw lightning and thunder at me and wind a gust of wind i couldn't even stand up (laughs) it did not go well at all so yeah Yeah. i I left i went back to my save point and left (laughs) i i haven't fought one of those yet either i i came close to one i ran away from one because he was Mm -hmm. attacking me it was uh it was on the bridge hyrule bridge Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, right I think I've smack dab in, in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah, I was on one side of the bridge and my horse was on the other, and I wanted to see if I could get close enough so that if I whistled, I could get my horse. And I just kept inching closer and closer to the dragon, <laughs> trying to get my horse's attention. And eventually, yeah. I got the dragon's attention. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I ran away. I went through the uh, I, <clears throat> at the edge of the bridges. You know, they have those towers, and I went through the bottom of the tower. And mm. the dragon couldn't get around it. He like banged into it and then he wouldn't <laughs> go to the left or right or up. So yeah. he eventually gave up and went away and I, I escaped with my life, but I did not get my horse. I had to go Aww. back to a stable and find yeah. him there magically. Yeah, lucky about that. I did find the horse <laughs> god as well, who, you know, happily told me he could resurrect horses if they died. So that was nice. But I haven't oh, had any god. diet. Yeah. <laughs> Very handy. <laughs> so yes. So actually it wasn't too bad. It was a good week. Just not not a temple dungeon week. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so, the one thing I do want to bring up, because mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to mention it last week, was I found, it, it was when I was taking one of those uh, Koroks, trying to get one of the Koroks to a dude. Mm-hmm. And he was at the bottom of like this uh, mountain range, not like a huge mountain, but a, a big enough hill that I wasn't going to be able to get him up there easily. So I climbed <laughs> up to the top of the hill. Usually my plan is to find like a... Uh, platform of some sort, just any kind of wood or, or the metal platforms, <laughs> drop it over the edge, put him on it and attach it, and then rewind on that thing and it takes him up to the top of the hill. 
that's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a couple of times successfully. But when I got up there, there was a dude there with like, you know, like when you go to the, the carnivals or the fairs and they have the, the hammer, you, you hit the thing and oh, it, yeah. it goes up and rings the bell. Mm-hmm. It was like that, except without the hammer, what it was, it was, it was this bell at the top of a big tower. And this guy had like a, just a ton of materials and he just <laughs> wanted you to ring the bell really loudly. Right. And the louder you ring it, the more points you get. So I, I built this like other platform, and then I took one of those uh, spring mechanisms that like shoot you up in the air. Mm-hmm. You hit it with. Mm-hmm. I put that on it, and then I put a metal barrel on that, and then <laughs> shot it with an arrow. So the spring just punched the bell with this metal barrel. I think I got like 117. He said it was really good, but I could do better. So, but it sounds I impressive. Was just, completely fascinated that the developers thought, you know what we need here <laughs> is this weird bell game yeah. just at this random spot. Like, why is that there? Who's climbing this hill and saying, yeah, <laughs> 20, 20 rupees to uh, see if I could pull this off, check my engineering skills. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a good reward? I can't remember. I think it was all right. It was, it was, I mean, it was better than like, let's say, uh, what, what a Sunday lion or arrows or whatever you're getting in the mm. treasure chest these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, and, it, it was worth the investment. I, I haven't tried it again. I do know where it is though. So sometime I go back and see if I can do better. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that. Have you seen, I, I can't remember. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago and <clears throat> I can't remember if you had seen it or not. There's a, a, a girl carrying a, a with a horse and carriage and she's got these teddy bears to give to kids. And then no, you, I haven't seen that. Oh, I've seen her twice and you go up and say hello to her. Like she's practicing her speech. She's like practicing what she's going to say to these kids about these bears. Like, <laughs> Hey, and she's got these funny puns. And then you say hello to her and scare her. And so she, the, she scares the horse and the horse kicks the carriage and the teddy bears go scatter, scattering around the area where you're standing. So she makes you pick them up and you have to pay her 20 rupees, I think, as well. So it's a little mini game. <laughs> and you have a time, yeah. And you have a time limit to pick them up and put them into the carriage and then she rewards you. It's kind of fun. It's hard in one of the times I saw her because you're right next to water. So the teddy bears go into the water and you have to like retrieve them within, yeah, it's like a minute. It's not very long. It took quite a few goes. <laughs> And the first time I saw her, it was somewhere just in the middle, like a random place in the middle of a forest. And I didn't know, I wasn't thinking about fusing. And I just tried to pick them up and put them in the carriage and they kept bouncing out. And I'm like, this is impossible. This is, what? How am I supposed to get the teddy bears in the carriage? They keep falling out. I couldn't even get one in there. So I'm throwing them in and they're falling out. But of course you could fuse them. So, you know, you have to be clever and think about how to, to fuse them either to the carriage or to each other. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a fun little side side quest, if you if you can call it a side quest, a mini game, I suppose. Very random. Uh, so look out for that. <laughs> I'm sure you'll I run into her eventually. Eventually, I'm bound to. Who knows what else? Though. Yeah, the spring, the the bell game, the teddy bear game. There's probably more. There must be more. So it's yeah. a big world. Yeah, very big world. Yes, and very fun and exciting. Um, and I I do love. I think Sam has the right idea in that. Uh, once you complete it, yeah, I think it's kind of, well, it's game over. It's not game over, but it feels like it's game over. And it's right. le- much less incentive to replay. So I probably would be the same. Just like with a with a favorite TV show, often I would uh, not watch the final episode <laughs> for some time because <laughs> I just don't want it to end. I don't think I ever finished The Office, for example. Um, Steve Carell, I just, I really enjoyed that show. So I just never watched the last few episodes. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> to this yeah. to this day, you haven't. Yeah. So don't know how it ends. <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it ends. I don't either. I think I gave up on it. There was this, I can't remember. There was one episode or one season where I was like, yeah, I've had enough. And <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe that's what actually happened. And <laughs> I just say that. But yeah, maybe I actually also got bored with it. Anyway, that's cool. Well, that's a good little Tears of the Kingdom update um, for the week. Thank you. Let's move on to some other news of the week, which there were quite a few games that were announced for the Switch. And these are in no particular order except the order that we've written them down. But the first one that I saw was uh, the Fire Emblem is going to switch online next week. So this is the Game Boy Advance game, which is apparently, uh, I think, the seventh game in the series, the first to be released in a Western region. So I think it's the first that was localized outside of Japan at the time. I think it was 2003 from memory. Something uh, like that. Yeah, it sounds right. So it's about 20 years old. I think it was around that time. Yeah, 2003 in Japan and America followed by Australia and Europe. So I haven't played this one, but any Fire Emblem is you know exciting to get <laughs> to get again or for the first time if you're like me. Um, have you played this one, Kirk? I have. Um, I, I completed it once. I once I, I realized my or acknowledged my love for Fire Emblem um, and <laughs> went, went to get all the others. I I bought this. I have the actual Game Boy Advance cartridge, cool. um, box manual, the whole thing. Um, and I played it. Uh, did I? I may. I, I guess I played it on my Game Boy Advance, or it may have been one that I, I shoved into the DS back uh, when yeah. uh, it still had mm-hmm. the cartridge slot. For that yeah um but yeah i completed it there and i greatly enjoyed it even after playing the more modern games i probably this may have been the third game i played after um path of radiance and radiant dawn um, but still greatly enjoyed the characters enjoyed the mm-hmm. battles um I, I think some of these older games had better maps and required more strategy and they were tougher because <laughs> the the, <laughs> the recent games allow you to turn off permadeath and mm. back then they didn't so right. if you lost a character, you either restarted that that map or you just pressed on without that character. In mm-hmm. fact, this may have been one of them. There are some where you could only unlock certain characters if others had died. Oh, um, and interesting. I believe the thought was we don't want to handicap them too much by not letting them have enough people. Too many people have died. You don't have enough to go in a battle. You don't stand a right. chance. So, yeah, um, if a, a certain number, or certain people have died, I believe, then uh, then you could unlock others. So, if you don't let people die, you're missing some characters. <laughs> That's interesting. That's a I don't know if you call that incentive, but it's something. I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah, it's incentive to to sacrifice people. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it it means if the game is particularly hard and and you're worried about losing people at least you know there are others that you will find um yeah yeah so, you, when you're waiting yeah. do i really like this person or not you're like yeah <laughs> someone else will take his place he's, he's you know completely replaceable <laughs> yeah that's interesting uh and i think because permadeath is a thing in in fire emblem but like you said it's an option in in the in the newer games you tend to leave it on usually in the newer ones I, when you have the option 
I do. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because <laughs> if I do lose somebody, then I am going to have to go back and, and, and replay mm-hmm. um, the level. But I guess I'm just a purist. It's mm. kind of to me like driving a car with a manual transmission. <laughs> I don't need it. There's no reason yeah. for it, but I know how to drive with with a stick. So I'm going to buy a car with a stick. True. Yeah. Well, I drive stick, so I can relate to that. <laughs> so, well, yeah. then, then you're a permadeath kind of gal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> must be. I don't know if I had it on in the latest Fire Emblem. Maybe. I'll have to go and check. I do get scared of losing people. But, you know, it is a challenge, and it is, like you said, if you lose them, you do go back and try to do it again where they, they are not lost. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I, it really forces you to think a little bit because you're you're afraid of losing people, mm, so you mm-hmm. you get a little smarter with your strategies. You're a little more careful, and uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that makes the game more fun. Yeah, it definitely ups the ante. So I think if you're, yeah. after, if you're, a, if you're a sort of – I don't want to say the word pro because it doesn't mean you have to be good at it. But if you're a purist, I suppose, like you said, or someone who takes these games seriously, um, it seems like the way to play, you know, yeah. and it adds that extra challenge that that's and longevity, I suppose, you know, it makes the game last longer too. When you think about it, if you're replaying it so that you don't lose people. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you or kind of, if there's a character you don't like, just get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I mean, normally, you know, when you start a Fire Emblem game and you have a certain cast of characters and then eventually you, this this cast expands and grows and you have sort of almost too many people, you know, for a battle, you can't choose all of them, right? So you end up having your favorites and they level up more, yeah. you know, regularly than the ones you're not using. So at some point you do have your favorites and you do choose the ones that, um, that you want to stick with. And I kind of feel bad for the other ones. I'm like, oh, should I use them and, and level them up? But no, I like these people. <laughs> so, yeah. That may be another element that uh, and I, I can't recall. I think it was in this particular game. But again, going back to Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn and, and some others, when you won fights, the people that you took into the battle, of course, leveled up You know, as you used them. But at the end of a battle, you were rewarded bonus experience points that you could assign to anybody. So after the battle was done, the the better you did, the more bonus points you got, then you could go to your camp and just give them to whoever, which was a great way to keep some of the lesser characters or new characters who may have come in too low um, mm-hmm. leveled up. So you could basically take anybody with you. Or if there was someone you really liked, you could just really level up that one person with all these <laughs> bonus items and then, you know, may, make them a, an OP monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the time you get to the final fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> what was your choice? <laughs> How did you go about it? Um, <laughs> it? It depends if there was a character I really liked. Um, in fact, I, I, the, I could say for certain that at least in Radiant Dawn, I really put a lot of, of um, experience points into a, a Lancer named Nephany. Um chosen almost specifically because her colors were kind of the colors of the Seattle Seahawks. And <laughs> that's all, that's all you need for me to, to earn my loyalty. <laughs> so, um, but I, I also, yeah, I, I would keep, if there was a character that was, that, that I kind of liked or wanted to get to know better or that I felt as he or she leveled up would, you know, uh, unlock some really great abilities that, that, that would be useful. Then I would, I would kind of push along most people. So if you would get stuck behind one or two would get, leveled up too much, but for the most part, I kept everyone in sync. 
Yeah, thank you, Kirk. I think that's – I love hearing about the way you play because, I mean, everyone has different styles and there's probably something that the developers have in mind for us, but at least they give you options and you can kind of play your own way, which is cool. Even if you're a – was it a Seahawks fan? I think if, <laughs> if they can work that into, into, into your play method, I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'd love to know how other people – uh, I'm sure you're not the only one who relates a team to their gaming style or character that they like. I'd love to hear other. That might be a good question for Twitter, actually, or uh, even YouTube. We could do a poll. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you. That's a good wrap up of Fire Emblem. I'm looking forward to that. So that comes out next week. I think it's the 23rd. That'll be in our eShop uh, releases, I guess, for the week, which would be a nice addition. Will you have time to play it? Do you think? Amongst other things, <laughs> I'll, I'll download it. I, I, I want to play it a bit because I want to. Uh, I, I want the numbers to go up a little bit, so Nintendo will mm. will look into bringing. Um, you know, good if point. they ever get to the point where they have GameCube games, oh yes, you know, that available, then they they would know that uh, Path of Radiance is one that they should definitely do. Yeah, um, but yeah, it'll be a great game to put on the Switch Lite. Um, you know, because mm. it, it originally mm-hmm. was made for a tiny screen anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you know when when Sam's on the on the main switch playing Zelda or, or what have you, then I can pull that up and play a couple <laughs> rounds. Yeah, I think it'll work well. I love. I, I I think I've said before. I did love the the ones that were on the sort of the 3ds, the DS, and yeah. So the handheld feel of a Fire Emblem game is I I really enjoy that. Yep. So yeah, I'll go check that one out as well. Cool. Let's move on to the next one on our list, which is Persona 5 Tactica, which is coming to Switch. Uh, now, I don't know much about this one. I think you you added this line. And what would you like, what would you like us to know about this? <laughs> well, yeah, I think the reason I put it on here is because I found the, the announcement kind of odd. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we, we now have Persona 5 on the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't played that. I, I had it um, on the PS3, um, if I'm allowed to say that here. Um, <laughs> no, no, you got it's the fine. kids a PS3, and I think I ended up like buying two games for it just to just to try it out. And one of them was Persona Five, and I th- I decided I'm not cool enough, I believe, to play these games. <laughs> like they, they center around um, that they're, they're turn-based battle games, you know, along the lines of a. Uh, same kind of combat as, let's say, uh, the Shin Megami Tensei games, which, which of course are available on Nintendo devices. So I kind of had a feel what was going on. Yeah. But the, the characters in this game were just way too cool for me. And, and <laughs> I, I felt like an old man trying to be hip with the high school kids. Um, so <laughs> it, it didn't really click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came out. I, I believe it did well. They have announced now Persona 3 Reload, which is a remake of Persona 3. Um, and they announced Persona 5 Tactica, which is a spinoff game, uh, w- which is more of a, um, again, kind of a turn-based combat, uh, but grid-style gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like Fire Emblem, I suppose, but yeah. but not like with uh, the overhead approach and, and the um, chess-style gameplay. Um, I, I may be confusing myself with this, but anyway... So Persona 5 Tactica is coming to the Switch, but Persona 3 is not. And I just thought it was strange after bringing Persona 5 to the Switch. Why would they not bring the uh, the reload, quote yeah. unquote, version of Persona 3? That is strange. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to follow that up. Um, Persona, so 
this might be a dumb question. Is there like persona one, two, three, four, five? Is that a, is that just generally how it goes? <laughs> right. I don't know much about the series. The I, I don't know a whole lot either. I know that persona three, four, and five are the ones that get the most love and get talked about the most. Um mm-hmm. I I don't know if the series just started clicking then or if the the old ones are so old that you know most people who would be on social media talking about them just uh, haven't had much experience with them so I I didn't dig that deep mm-hmm. but I do know there's been a lot of talk for Persona 3 4 and 5 um on social okay. media especially after the uh after 5 came to the switch Yeah um, interesting Yeah that is yeah. strange I wonder why they wouldn't bring Persona 3 Reload to yeah. the switch and maybe they will. Maybe it'll just be a delay. Um, you know, it took a long time for Persona 5 to come over too. Um, or maybe it didn't sell well. Maybe it was too much work. I, I don't know. But I'll be curious to see what happens there. Yeah. So they, it um, sounds like maybe they're giving another shot with Tactica, Persona 5 Tactica. Yeah. And yeah, maybe and the that weird, does. The thing about Tactica mm-hmm. too is, and maybe I can play this one because you know I, I joked about how cool the characters were in, <laughs> uh, and not not just game, the characters, the the stylized gameplay, the way they talk, the way they move, the way they dressed. It was you know just, um, it, it it was really sweet the way the whole thing came together. But Persona Five Tactica, they changed the graphics, and now they're all like uh they're more cartoony, they're more like kids. Uh. Yeah. In, in, instead of high school or um, they aged. So the, <laughs> the whole presentation is like uh, it's aimed at a younger audience. Um, they're, they're not as mm. sexy as, as they were. So I, I, I'm curious to see how the gameplay is because the of the radical visual change and, and the style. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it's coming out. Uh, I can't remember. It's late 2023, early 2024. Oh, okay. That was my next question. When is when is this expected? So now we know end of the I, year or maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe November. November just popped into my head. So I think Persona 5 Tactica is coming to the Switch in November. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll sort of keep an eye on that and see if there is anything related to Persona 3 Reload being separately announced for a later date or something. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. Uh, the next one that is a pretty cool announcement, I think, and also one that's very recent, I think maybe you were saying late this week, maybe Thursday or Friday, is that the Lara Croft collection is coming to the Switch. And I believe it's coming out very soon at the end of this month, actually, which is only like two weeks away. Yeah. Um, so this is a collection of two games, which I'm, I'm thinking isn't, I guess you only need two to make it a collection. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, a collection would be three or more. But anyway, that's fine. Um, so we've got Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, which is a 2010 title, and Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which is a 2014 title. I actually don't have a very, uh, I don't have much experience with Lara Croft. I've known about it since it first launched. I think was it 1996 or something on the PlayStation. There we go, mentioning that word again. Um, and you know, I, I have never owned a PlayStation. I've, Pure, I'm a pure Nintendo <laughs> person. Um, and so I know there have been a couple of games I think have filtered across to various systems. I think there was one on the Wii maybe, maybe one on the Game Boy Advance or something like that, various uh, versions, because I think uh, there are now about 19 games in the in the Tomb Raider Lara Croft series. Yeah. I don't know the differences between a Tomb Raider game and a Lara Croft game. I think they're probably quite similar. Would that be correct? It, they, they do have different styles, I think, but but Tomb Raiders changed so much over the years. Um, 
that the, even the newer games that still carry on the Tomb Raider brand um, feel a lot different from they did when they the, from those early games. Yes, they definitely look different. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I wonder why they've chosen these two games, though. It seems a bit random. Maybe they're sequential. Maybe they're like they don't seem like the first or the third or anything like that, though. I don't know. It seems like a, a little bit of an odd pairing. But anyway, uh, have you? Did you play either of these two at the time? I haven't. Um, I know. Um, let's see, Tomb Raider, I, it's been so, yeah, it's been so long since there's been uh, a Nintendo release. So my, my, um, only real experience with it were, uh, you know, the very early games I played on my Macintosh. In fact, the first reviewing gig I had back in the day was, um, I think it's possible the first review I ever wrote was Tomb Raider 2 <laughs> wow. for the Mac. Um, cause that was a huge announcement. Um, the, the Mac had no games and then Aspire came <laughs> along and got the rights to Tomb Raider 2 somehow and they, they brought it over and it was glorious and cool. we were thrilled and Aspire still around and releasing games for the Switch now so you know good mm. for them is this um, the Mac that's in your basement? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I could I could play Aspire games on the Mac that I'm on right now for the uh, podcast, actually. But uh, ah, cool. Yeah, no, it was okay. yeah, it was these games were were after the SE. Um, <laughs> right. Although I probably have the games that they were released on in my basement, too. I really got to get some old computers out of my basement. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. So, <laughs> got a good collection down there yourself. Yeah. But uh, the, the Laura Croft games, possibly there was a puzzle game that I played on my iPhone. Um, they mm-hmm. released uh, and maybe even Apple TV. And it looks like this game is along those lines. I'm not sure if it's the same game, but they're they're different um, in that. Instead of just being like a, uh, well, Laura was third person, right? A third person um, Mm -hmm. action game. They're more like, say, Diablo, where we're looking Mm -hmm. down on multiple characters. It's it's not just Laura. She's joined by two to three um, other people, one to three other people. For like exploration and and environmental puzzles to solve and and action like the the Diablo style action or uh, what was that game called? The arcade gauntlet, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a completely different feel. I I think they call them Lara Croft instead of Tomb Raider because it is a totally different style of gameplay. Mm. Um, But it still honors the tradition of we're going to go exploring there are going to be, you're going to have to figure out how to open doors and get across chasms. There's going to be some enemies um, you're going to have to fight and you're going to find treasure. Uh, but now you're doing it cooperatively um, mm. with everybody working together on one screen. Um, yeah. In fact, I believe the multiplayer is local only. There's no online oh, play. Okay. Yeah, so I did um, wonder because I think, yeah, the trailer did show four-player co-op, um, which looked really cool. But I wasn't sure if it was online or not. So apparently yeah. not. Yeah, so hmm. I, I, I like the idea of using uh, if you're doing playing multiplayer that way, not just running around, you know, casting spells or like and hmm. keep referring to Diablo, um, that kind of gameplay, but also having to work in tandem to solve puzzles in order to get through the things. Like you have to go here and flip this, and we need to do these at the same time, kind of thing. So uh, it, it looks like it'll be fun. I'll just be curious to see if if it works better if you do need four people, if two is enough, hmm. and hmm. what it'll be like if you have to play it by yourself. Yes. And would they have sort of AI controlled people or just not? Would it just be Lara by herself? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
because sometimes those AI characters aren't very useful. So, <laughs> and then sometimes they are in, in different games. I don't know. I don't know what Lara yeah. Croft's like. Well, these came out, what, 2010 and 2014, so mm. <laughs> probably not useful. Probably <laughs> not, AI. no. Yeah. <laughs> but the trailer, it did look good. I don't know. I assume it's been kind of re, you know, redone for the Switch. Uh, probably on other consoles as well, but it's not just a straight port. I'm guessing it's like a, you know, they've remastered it sort of thing, hopefully. Yeah, I, I hope so. And it's coming from Feral Interactive. And um, again, any any Mac user will know that name. They were a company that brought a lot of other companies' games to the Mac. Um, again, going back to the days of like Tomb Raider. So they mm-hmm. have a lot of experience um, with taking other companies' games and optimizing them for the system that they're going to release it on. Cool. Um, they do a great job with that. In fact, they have done other Switch games, recent games, including Alien Isolation, which yeah. uh, was absolutely fantastic on the Switch, um, and then uh, Grid Autosport. So it's not their first um, attempt at bringing games over to the Switch, and they, mm. like I said, they're really good at it. So I I think that uh, this could be a uh, kind of a, a real gem in the middle of the summer. Oh, cool. Okay. Early in the summer, I guess. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. U.S. summer. (laughs) U.S. summer. Yes, it's winter for me, but that's okay. Yeah, June 29, which is, uh, you know, as I said, only a couple weeks away. So that's a nice little surprise announcement, I think. And, yeah, the trailer did look quite good to me. It's a very – it's a quite short trailer, the one I saw. It's like a minute long. Um, Check it out if you haven't already seen it, if you're interested in Lara Croft and her antics. (laughs) I think I do – the multiplayer – aspect appeals to me i can imagine playing this with my kids um and having quite a good time with it so yeah we'll see how that goes so let's move on to now some games that we have been playing and i wanted to briefly touch on something we mentioned last week which was there were four games announced sorry not announced released for the switch online collection which we talked about and trev had tried them you and I had not, and I did go back. I promised Trev, who's not here today, but I did promise Trev I would try uh, Master Blaster and Mystery Tower. <laughs> so I went and did that. I was not successful in either one of them. They were very hard. <laughs> so uh, I didn't spend a lot of time in them. But Mystery Tower, I was. I think I mentioned last week, I was very interested in this one anyway just because it is a Famicom game that uh, was not previously released to Western audiences. So I had not even heard of this game. Uh, it looks, I think, what did we say the name of the, the dude was? It was like Indiana something. Uh, like an amalgamation. Andy Borgnine. <laughs> I don't know how anyone knows that because it doesn't say that in the game, but I suppose there's some sort of preamble somewhere. That <laughs> yeah, says, I, I saw yeah. it on the, uh, was it Wik- like Wikipedia or was it the, the game's Nintendo page? I'm not sure. But. <laughs> yeah. And he looks, he's like, purple uh and i'm pretty sure he has a feather in his cap so he looks like a pretty i don't know <laughs> interesting character and it, it's hard like i didn't I, I did not dedicate a lot of time to this but i just wanted to try it i could not pass the first level i i feel ashamed to say this but um it seems very easy the premise you know you're this little character you have to escape from a room uh, or a level i suppose in a tower and get to the next level level one you come out, you sort of enter the room. There's two pieces of uh, stairway, I suppose. You can pick up and move around. Um, and so you have to work out the right combination to to pass the level. As Trev said, you can't 
so the stairs are like one step, I guess, and then there's areas that are two steps. And if you don't use the stair pieces, if you just jump down the two steps, you die. So, <laughs> which seems odd because it's just two steps. But anyway, this this indie is not very <laughs> uh, flexible or uh, you know sporty. <laughs> so you do you die very quickly. You have two lives as well, so it's very. Um, yeah, I guess NES hard is, is a good way to put it because you only have two lives. And the other thing that I don't think Trev mentioned, or at least I don't remember him saying this because I didn't know about it, there's a power uh, meter. Well, it's actually just a counter. I think you start off with 10 or 20, and every time you pick up one of these stair pieces, that uses power. And so your your number depletes by one. So you go from 20 to 19, and then if you have to pick it up again, it goes 18. When that gets to zero, you die. So <laughs> um, randomly you can pick up these, I think, sort of power-ups that, that just all they really do is just add one to your power counter. So it does go up sometimes randomly, but more, more than often than not it goes down. And I didn't know. I thought it was a timer at first, so I was trying to hurry. And I was picking up the stairs, putting them down, picking up the stairs, putting them down, and I died very quickly because the counter reached zero. And... <laughs> I did it maybe five times uh, to give it a good go. And I I sort of, it, as I said, this is level one. It's very simple. There's sort of two levels and then one level it's down and then there's an exit door on the far left. So you've got two pieces. So I went down a level, I went up a level, and then I was carrying this stair piece and I could not work out how to make it face the right way so that I could climb up to the door. And so I just used up all my power and uh, perished yet again <laughs> it's uh it's a it's an interesting premise and i appreciate it and i think it's a 1986 title and <clears throat> i can see it being something that would have been appreciated in 1986 for sure uh, i might try it again but i just i was stumped i just could not <laughs> work out maybe i'm just not a lateral thinker i don't know anyway so that was my experience with mystery tower master blaster i also gave a quick go and this is more of a, I suppose, run and gun type of situation. You're driving a vehicle and, or you're, I think you're a kid. I don't know. There's some deal. The vehicle has, it's like a entity that speaks to you or something. Anyway, the, it's a Game Boy event. It was a Game Boy Color title. So it's quite simple. Again, there's no real story. <laughs> but I think if you read online, the story is that you're a kid driving a vehicle and it has a personality. In the game, you're just driving around shooting things. <clears throat> and... <laughs> It's also hard. And uh, one of the things I guess I liked in terms of making it more difficult is that you have a limited amount of ammo, so you have to be very careful with your shots. You have to shoot things, and then sometimes you might get a little power-up that gives you extra shots, but generally you have to be very careful with uh, not wasting <laughs> the bullets that you have in your arsenal. And there's lots of enemies. It reminded me a little bit of, um, I suppose, like an early Metroid game just in that, there's things that fly at you. They're kind of mechanical things as opposed to those bat creatures from Metroid, but it has that same feel where they're just diving at you. Uh, you have to dodge them or shoot them. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, – I'm glad I tried it. It was tough. Uh, I think if you like tough games, definitely give it a go. If you like NES games, give it a go. Well, sorry, this is not NES. This is um, Game Boy. Uh, but still, it's something unique to try if you haven't tried it before. Uh, we'll see if I go back to it or not. It's it's probably a bit difficult. I'd probably rather be playing Zelda, but that's okay. Uh, so I think you have a game that you were playing during the week, which is called Scarlet Hood and the Wicked Wood. 
Yeah, which sounds, and that sounds familiar it, somehow. It well, it, it's been out for a while. Um, mm-hmm. in, in fact, I was thinking of trying some of those games like uh, that, that we talked about last week, as, as you mm-hmm. did. But then I saw this is a game I've had on my wish list um, for a while now. It was released in April of 2022, and it went on sale. Um, in fact, it's on sale until June 30th for $1.99. Wow. What's so it usually thought, worth? Yeah. Uh, it's normally a $14.99. So it's okay. not an expensive game to begin with, but I thought for $1.99, I'll just yeah. get it now and, and play it when <laughs> I have a chance. But yeah. of course, once I downloaded it, I thought, all right, I'm going to launch it to play it for a little bit. And <laughs> it, it's kind of an adventure game, uh, adventure puzzle game, but it, it also has certain elements um, where you need to like uh, fight things and, and dodge things, avoid things. It's really much more difficult than you would expect out of an adventure puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the premise is insane because it's like, I think it's supposed to be a punk rock band that this girl's in. <laughs> um, she's dressed the part, but the, the there's like a drummer and a keyboard player and she sings and plays guitar. And then there's a clarinetist. Cool. So it's not like a band that makes any kind of sense whatsoever. And she's got this <laughs> thick Southern accent. You, you don't right. hear a lot because you mostly read. But so again, it's just like constantly playing with your expectations of what a band is even supposed to be. Um, but they have a gig they have to get to um, <laughs> because they, they want to get a uh, a recording contract. And after the gig, they, they went really well. This woman offers a re- contract, but not for the band, just for the lead singer. Um, so now right. we've got a problem. Okay. She doesn't tell the band this. She's thinking about it. They find out. They get mad. She goes home, and then she gets sucked up in a tornado into a mystical world. So now okay. it's the Wizard of Oz. Um, right. I was thinking yeah. kind of crossed with uh, uh, with Red Riding Hood and other fairy tales. Mm, she comes yes. across these other people. She needs yeah. to get to this certain place to to um, to to take on the Black Witch, um, but. She keeps like as they're going, basically what happens is I, I don't know if she dies um, or they, they just get trapped, but she ends up in this time loop where she has to go back to the beginning of the day kind of thing. She right. recognizes this. And so you kind of like have to solve puzzles and get things in place so that when you get to the point where she died, she's able to get past that. And mm-hmm. that's that's basically the premise of the game. Cool. It looks interesting. Yeah, she definitely has a Red Riding Hood vibe. I mean, Scarlet yep. Hood, you know, and she <laughs> she has a Scarlet Hood. She's got a red, you know, hood over her head. She looks, yeah, the part. Um, looks like there's some sort of pumpkin head guy, which does look very Wizard of Oz to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in fact, he, little... he's one of the first people that you kind of have to, uh, I'll say, put together at the beginning ah, of the game. One okay. of the first puzzles is is yeah. saving the fellow who uh, – um, He's, he's he's trapped in a wine bottle. It's a, it's a spirit that's trapped <laughs> in a wine bottle and he needs a body. So you mm-hmm. have to put together the body for him to be able to uh, help out. Cool. Well, that definitely looks interesting. $1.99 is a good price. That's like 86% yeah. off. I'm, I only know that because I'm not a whiz at maths. I am looking at the website right now. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a really good deal. So if that sounds interesting to listeners, go ahead and purchase it. You've got a couple of weeks to do so. Um, yeah, the dollar ninety nine is a good way to do it too. Because, like I said, if you're a if you're a puzzle adventure gamer, we want just want to go around and explore, solve some puzzles, and, and move on. There are some really difficult elements where you you have to avoid monsters or or figure out how to fight them, and 
they make it hard. There, there are, there are hearts. You, you, if you lose five hearts, you die. <laughs> so <laughs> again, you, you can't just walk around all day and try to solve things. You've, yeah. you've got to pay attention. Yeah. It looks, you know, cartoony and colorful. The animation looks quite good as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah the anim- the animation is one of the highlights, I think. And it does have a, a decent sense of humor about it too. Yeah. That it does seem to be. Who's the developer of this? I can see the publisher who developed it. Uh, what is the company called? They're the same. They developed another game that I, I played called Vambrace Cold Soul, um, which was a completely different kind of game, but sort of <laughs> had the same visual vibe to mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. No, that looks really cool. Thank you for sharing that one. Um, the game, I guess I haven't written this on our notes, but I am playing a game, which is a review game, which is called, it's actually called Despot's Game. And I don't know if you know anything about this one, Kirk. I think it, the review code came via you, but I'm not sure. A lot of codes do, so you may not remember this one particularly. It's, um, I don't even know how to describe this game. It's very odd. It's, it's kind of a futuristic, I suppose, world. Despot is the name of a robot entity, and it's his game you have to play, you have to get through, and you're sort of controlling a group of humans. They look like little just tiny little naked worms. They're very small and you control, I think four at the beginning and you can, you can purchase more as you proceed, but basically you're in a sewer kind of area and you're going from room to room fighting enemies. And you can, you can sort of move your, you can position your people at the side of each room and, you know, put them in different uh, line or put people at the back or whatever. And there's some archers, like there's sort of melee and, and long range fighters. You can uh, give them weapons as well. You buy weapons along the way. And then when you're ready, you press a button and you attack and they just attack. You don't have to do anything. You just watch them attack and or die. So uh, they keep attacking until the monster of that room is dead basically. And then you move on to another room. Sometimes a shop appears and you can buy things um, such as more humans. I, I made the mistake of, seeing this option available, I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy, you know, 20 humans and then I'll be unstoppable and I'll kill every monster I see. But when you move from room to room, your humans have to eat. And so you have a food meter, I suppose, (laughs) that depletes and mine depleted very quickly because I had too many humans. So (laughs) I did not last long. Uh, So there's a bit of a balance there. It's kind of a strategy game, I suppose. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of strategy because you just – you can't, it's, it's really weird, um, but it's fun. It's quirky. I'll say that. It's yeah. It's, it's a very quirky, humorous sort of style of game, and it's a bit of a roguelite in that the rooms I think are randomly generated. So there's boss fights along the way. So there's bigger kind of entities to to combat. Um, you know, and I feel I use the word entity a lot more now. And do you know why, Kirk? Tell me. Because of doors on Roblox. Have you heard of this? <laughs> My kids love this game and they love telling me about all the entities because they're called entities indoors. They're not enemies, they're not monsters, they're entities. And so I've, I've found myself using that term more and more because of doors. Anyway, that's a bit of a side note. So, yeah, that's what I'm playing at the moment for review, Despot's game. Uh, so watch that. That should be up this week. Um, and the other thing I was I was sneakily hoping to ask you about, Kirk, which I know you can't talk a lot about because you mentioned last week, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're playing a new JRPG title. Um, so this was something you mentioned last week that you were reviewing. I believe you have a, you had a fair amount of time with it, which is a good thing. It's not released until the end of the month, which may mean uh, there's some kind of embargo around 
how much we can say. So I guess I just wanted to follow up and see how that's going in terms of uh, are we allowed to mention it and how long have you been playing it and what are your initial thoughts in a vague way? What can you tell us? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I could I could be vague. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I, I do think this is – it's rare that we get games where we're not allowed to say that we got early access to the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the company that put this out has asked that, and, of course, I, I'm more than happy to oblige, so, mm-hmm. you know, not a big deal. I, it's mm-hmm. more important to me that we get early access to the game so we could spend a lot of time with it and – get the review out in time. And they, they, they gave me plenty of time on this one. Um, but it is, it, it's an upcoming uh, JRPG. It's, it's, it's a part of a series that's out uh, that I know because, um, you know, if you click on just uh, the right amount of things on Twitter, then pretty soon everything <laughs> on Twitter is about that. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I have seen an awful lot of, of excitement um, around it. Um, so yeah, it's a JRPG that uh, it, it carries on a story that I had thought from previous games that was over. So, you know, it's kind of excited to get back in with these characters and people who were into the game are going to find an awful lot to love about it on, on this one. Although once I get into the review, there are some things that uh, um, I didn't like about the previous ones that are still there. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and they're two or three things about this that they've changed quite a bit. Um, mm. and I'm not sure that I like them. Okay. So that's another reason why I'm happy that we get early access to some of these games is because it gives me a lot of time to kind of stew on these things as opposed mm-hmm. to just, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're writing reviews, we got to get them out quickly. We play yeah. the game quickly. We finish it. And, you know, here's the initial thought, but the more you think about it or go back into it, spend a little more time with it, find out maybe this isn't so bad after all. Mm. So that, that, that's where I'm at with this right now is to a trying to push through the story and be coming to terms with some of these uh, new elements that uh, that are, are sort of catching me off guard at the moment. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds interesting. I like that. This was uh, almost a surprise in that you thought the series was over, and now there's a new entry. So that's that's pretty cool. If you're, I mean, we we I don't know what it is. So I <laughs> I don't know what the name of it is. I can't accidentally slip it out. Um, but you know, I like the intrigue around it. So, and it's only a couple of weeks away until it launches, and I suppose that's when you can reveal it and also your review. So I look forward to to hearing that final your final thoughts. I suppose. And what it actually is. So, well, my embargo does lift on a Friday. So, if we record on Fridays like we normally do, then Ah, (laughs) we'll be all set to go. (laughs) Oh, perfect timing. Yes. We can uh, debut that news right here on the Pure Nintendo podcast. So, excellent. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, mixed thoughts at the moment, but also plenty of time to sort through them and, and see whether they actually uh, gel with you over the next couple of weeks. And I mean, like, you know, like you've continually said, uh, you know, JRPGs, they're they're longer games. They're meant to be played over a longer period. So you can't rush these things, right? So Yeah. <clears throat> having- yeah. And the thing about this one too is, and if if anyone's listening and, and is experienced with JRPGs, they'll probably know what I'm talking about, um, you know, just from the way I've described it. But of all the ones I've played, this series is heaviest with the lore that carries mm-hmm. across from game to game, the number of characters, and just the narrative. Um, there's an 
awful lot of story in this mm. game. Um, unlike it's it's the complete opposite of Zelda, where you've got right. hardly any story, <laughs> and most of the gameplay comes from just exploring and mm. and you know mm-hmm. uh, ringing bells. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> putting teddy bears in a cart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this one is much more, uh, you know, you're, you're following a story. There's no explanation. It's guiding you straight down the path. You're, 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 you're fighting, you're collecting things, you're leveling up. And along the way, there's not, not only does the gameplay give you a ton of narrative, but there are um, other ways like uh, books and things that you find along the way that if you want, mm. you can read those. And these aren't short <laughs> You're yeah. not just like flipping through two or three things at a time. You could, you could spend minutes mm-hmm. pouring through these these books. They they will carry across. Like you're going to find one volume and then two and then three and then four. <laughs> um, yeah. So if, yeah, it's it's the exact opposite, and it really is meant to pull you in and not allow you to get distracted from from you know what matters to it. So okay, it's, yeah, yeah a does completely it work different vibe to play alongside Zelda. Yeah. Do you think it works from that perspective to, to draw you in? Does it do a good job? You know, I tend to avoid a lot of the extra reading. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I could say why, but then it would definitely um, re- reveal what I'm doing. Right. And it, it sounds like I'm being so <laughs> secretive about this. I, I'm really not. I'm just honoring a, a request. Yeah, which is fine. Bargain, I mean, so. I, I was going to ask just generally because, uh, you know, a lot of games have this this um, mechanic, I suppose, where there's a book and do you find do you find that mechanic annoying where you, where you find a book and you have to read it or do you embrace it and i think you've answered it you, you skip it so maybe I, unless it's short or mm-hmm. somehow is like really relevant um uh, in, in some way but you know all jrpgs have things like that it's like mm-hmm. there's always got to be another element aside from just the main gameplay there's got to be like uh, mini games like um uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, when there was that arcade game that you had to play mm-hmm. um, in order to get materials that you could use to level up one of the characters. So why do I, I, I don't want to play this mini game. I, <laughs> there's enough <laughs> game here already. You don't need to give yeah. me another one in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. God, what was that old Final Fantasy game where there was that weird, like, water-based soccer game or something that you had to play to get stuff? <laughs> Uh, that that tends to annoy me, but again, yeah, that's okay. one of the beauties of JRPGs. A lot of people love it. Um, True, I, I, I find it usually just you know annoys me. I Tactical it, card games, well, yeah. even in The Witcher, The Witcher had that. Uh, the Witcher Three had that tactical card game in it that you could play. I'm like, I, there's no <laughs> shortage of tactical card games available on mm. the Switch. I can yep. play them there. I don't need to do it here. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I suppose if it's uh, if it's <laughs> rant over, end rant. Um, if it's you know an optional game, maybe that makes it <clears throat> excuse me a bit more accessible. You like it with Zelda, you don't have to collect the teddies and put them in the cart. If you want the reward, you do. But the reward is you know food or or rupees probably. Um, but if it's part of the game that you actually have to do it, maybe you feel like that's more annoying because you you're being forced down a path <laughs> yeah and it it also is uh, I, I have to admit I suck at tactical card games I mean I, I don't know why because I'm decent at like you know the fire emblem games that's just tactical combat um but the moment it's cards and I have to lay them down and there's someone else laying down cards 
I just get lost and I'm no good. So that's the other thing. If I was good at it, maybe I'd feel different. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know why they would think to do, you know, water soccer or card games in a game that's not about cards. I don't know. It seems odd. But maybe someone's passionate about it. Some developer had an idea and they wanted to just diversify and make things a bit interesting for certain players. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Only the developers know for sure. <laughs> yeah, they must be working because most JRPGs have it in one form or another. True. So something is is going right, I guess. So yep. JRPGs are not going anywhere, which is a good thing for fans such as yourself. So, yes. Well, thank you for that uh, vague wrap-up of a game we don't <laughs> – we can't reveal the title of. But, yes, all good. Uh, anything else you're playing at the moment or this week that you wanted to let us know about before we close off? Nope, nope, just that. Scarlet Hood, and I really got to get back to uh, – Got to get back to Zelda this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It has to be done, right? So, Because yeah. we have to finish that up before Pikmin 4 comes out. I know, I know. And that's drawing ever closer. It's now only yeah. just over a month away. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. I mean, we thought there was a bit of a gap and not much to do, but, of course, Zelda takes up a lot of time. And then there are all these other games, whether it's, you know, Scarlet Hood type of uh, games that you pick up that you're just interested in or whether it's review games. Um, we're always busy and I'm sure a lot of other players feel the same way because the, the Switch eShop is expanding every week with new content. So, yeah, there's always something to play. This week was yep. an interesting um, roundup. It was. It seemed to be a lot of new seasons for, for existing titles like Fortnite, uh, Rocket League, stuff like that. I don't know if you're into any of those kind of games. But, um, I, I'm not. I know, um, again, I, I keep talking about Sam because he seems to play everything. was big into Fortnite <laughs> for a long time and then stopped. Mm-hmm. And now Max, uh, my youngest son at 12 years old, has discovered Fortnite. He and his ah. friends are down there playing it all day long during yeah. the summer. So, yep. Yes. Yeah, but- I think that's the other thing. For well, I mean, my kids are not playing it yet because they're a bit young. But uh, kids seem to be playing Fortnite or Doors from what I can tell. Or Minecraft. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you very much. I think we'll leave it there since we're about at the hour mark, which is perfect. Um, thank you very much for joining me this week, Kirk. I've had a lot of fun talking about all these fun and interesting games with you. I hope listeners have enjoyed the show. If you do like what you hear, please leave us a review. You can uh, you can rate us on Spotify or Amazon or Apple, or you can like and subscribe on YouTube. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo goodness. Until then, game on. <laughs> <laughs>